Thank you, and um, after Kartri, you know, I feel a little bit, my, I, I decided when I would cut to 20 minutes to um, keep to the more interesting stuff than hearing me go on here, because I, was, I wasn't absolutely sure when I was thinking about what images of freedom were, um, so I decided that I would look at the 10 years of um, cinema just after independence, um, taking us up to the film Mother India, which comes out in 1957 as a kind of self-defining Indian epic. Um, and when I was doing this, I was thinking about during this, at this period, we often talk about the Indian social genre of films um, to dominate this era, which typically is held to show a hero seeking to find his place in the family, village, nation, negotiating a path through the modern and the traditional, seeking love and romance, and often it's labelled a Nehruvian cinema. But of course, it's much more complicated than that, and the films of the time show a problematic relationship to these values. Um, I'm thinking of films like The Gothic, um, I confused identities in a film like Mahel, the impossibility of love in the world, of um, Piazza, despite the happy ending, which we take away with us, and how even the great classic films, um, two of which have Nargis in them, Andaz, Mehbub Khan, 1949, and Avara of Raj Kapoor, have the heroine or hero in prison at the end of the film, a kind of opposite of the image of freedom, perhaps. Um, while, um, and Mother India, of course, ends with the heroine being rewarded as a good citizen by inaugurating a new dam, though curiously unpunished for shooting her son in the back. And she also loses two of her children earlier in the film. So again, these slightly confusing narratives here. So I'm interested how one of the great stars of this period, not a male hero, negotiating through it, Nargis, um, is shown in these images of freedom. And I'm going to concentrate more on her images um, because much has been written about her. And um, Kishwa, who's not here today, has written a book about her. Rosie, who is here today, has written an important paper about her star text, along with Barose Gandhi. And others have written books about the film Mother India. So in, in building on this work, what I want to do today is to tie together some of the things about Nargis's life on and off screen before we look at the images closer, and just in case anybody's been living in a cave, um, this is Nargis, who is my favourite star, for sure. And the writings about Nargis have looked at her family background, which I think is significant here. It's very, it has a number of characters in it who are both Hindu and Muslim, and I don't mean people who are Hindu or Muslim, but people who are both Hindu and Muslim within it, intercommunal marriages, building up a secular background to her herself. Nargis herself has had many names, and names being so significant in South Asia, they're well worth mentioning. She's called Fatima Rashid, was her usual name, but she was also known as Tejeshwari Mohan. And when she was a child artist, she was Baby Naz, and of course she was Nargis and later Nargis Dutt. I think her screen name of Nargis is also interesting because it's not an Islamic name, but it is a Muslim one. Um, and it, though it lacks the Freudian association in Hindi-Urdu of the narcissist, which would have been quite nice, and certainly the more unfortunate ones in English of being called Daffodil. <laughs> So her 
class background was mixed. Her mother, Juddenby, was a courtesan singer-dancer and also a film producer, famous for her sweet voice and her foul words. While her father, Mohan, was a Mohyal Brahmin, the same caste as Narcissus' husband, Sunil Dutt. Her mother's family, despite of, though rumour says possibly because of, its courtesan connections, was close to the Nehru's of Allahabad. <laughs> Nargis was already a star when in her early 20s she fell in love with Raj Kapoor, working with him on many films, and um, how she pulled off this role as a lover with her relationship has been made clear in work such as that of Rosie's. But the relationship was broken when the Hindu Marriage Acts of 1955-1956 made it clear to her she couldn't marry him. And she met Sunil Dutt on the sets of Mother India with a wonderful set of Freudian complications of the film text and their marriage as he played her son in the film, um, which have been much discussed. After this, Nargis more or less retired from films. Her last major role, apart from her Rath or Din, produced by her brother, she took on a new role as a wife, mother, a member of the Rajya Sabha, before a very painful death from cancer at an early age, just as her beloved son, Sanjay Dutt's first film was about to release. So I often say to the younger members of the audience, this is Munabai's mother. So the story of her life presents her as a woman who was independent, cosmopolitan, and her images show her as glamorous and bright, whatever the situation, the devoted lover of Raj Kapoor and then Sunil Dutt, an indulgent mother of her problematic son, Sanjay Dutt, who also suffered greatly before she died. She's a star whose fan following seems to be hard to really back it up, but among women, Many women say, like I do, Nargis is my favourite star. She's very popular with women, perhaps her struggles, her problems, but her passion and devotion, I think, were always marked there. Her relationship with Raj Kapoor has often overshadowed other aspects of her life, at least until her final years. But this wonderful figure who's cosmopolitan, modern and independent, as well as traditional, devoted and caring. So her film roles during this time after independence, I think were, there were very many. I mean, she, she took such a wide range of roles. So I just concentrate here on a few of her classics, uh, which have really defined the whole film industry themselves. Perhaps this will distort my readings, but let's have a look at some of her moments here. Um, in film. I'm not going to mention in this paper, though I will when I write it up, about she interestingly acted in two of the early partition films, um, famously Raj Kapoor's Arg, but also the film Lahore. Um, but perhaps my early images of her were more from Andaz. This is a woman who's meant to be engaged to another man, but clearly here falling in love with Dilip Kumar. The tragedy of the film, of course, is I think everybody in the audience says, go for this one, um, not the man-child who's the other one. And I just want to show you a clip ending up with the image of freedom, perhaps, at the end. I don't know what happened there when I tried to put some sound on. Not going to do it.
tankies on supply. So her sin is that she fell for Dilip rather than Rajan in the film, and so she, she kills Dilip and then gets sent to jail. And here, really, it's her luminosity that holds the film together here. Um, two of her great heroes of the 40s and 50s, two kinds of masculinity here, the restrained hero who suffers unwittingly, played by Dilip Kumar, and the man-child who cannot handle his own emotions, played by Raj Kapoor. Wonderful heavenly choir cut off soon here. But also these great images of passion here in Bursat with Raj Kapoor, which becomes the logo of RK Films and RK Films' centrality to Indian film history. I just, you know, we can't go on too often about this great family and this and the role of Raj Kapoor as a kind of pivot in it. Here, the Kashmiri girl, um, Reshma, who um, her, here's her beloved Paradesi Babu playing the violin, or the sitar as she calls it, abandons her housework and rushes out to him in this moment of passion here within the film. Avara, of course, I think here, the institution of the family is put on trial here. The judge who throws the wife out of his house, his son brought up on the, on the street, and the uh, lawyer, uh, the judge's ward, played here by Nargis, is madly in love with Raj, but in the great courtroom drama where we have the family put on trial, not least by having three generations of the Kapoor family acting in it, um, we end up with um, Raj going to prison at the end of this film. This seems to be, again, these anti-images of freedom of the time. And here I just give you a clip of the famous dream sequence, 12 minutes added onto the film and towards the end of its making. Rita seems to live in heaven where she sings famous song, Raj struggles to find his way out of hell that his life has become. And she seems to offer him redemption in a curious mixture of Hindu and Christian imagery before he falls back into his nightmare and wakes up yelling for his mother. Um, in Street 420, Raj plays the hero, migrates to the city, singing his famous song about the Japanese shoes, which I'm sure you all know if you've ever done Hindi one. And Nargis plays a teacher who saves him from corruption. The free woman who chooses her duty before love. Her name, Vidya, knowledge, highlighting her difference from the racketeer, Maya. Freedom without responsibility. And in this film, Nargis has a few glamorous moments. But this image of her in one of the indisputably greatest love songs of Hindi film, um, we see the glamour of rain-swept Bombay and the star couple, as well as his children who appear in their raincoats, framed by this comic pathetic sequence where he can't afford to even buy her a cup of tea from the street store, with this catchy music orchestrated in a modern style to profound lyrics about the dilemmas of love. I want to show you a clip here which goes on for a little while, so I'm going to start it while I'm talking over it, about a man after freedom is penniless on the streets of, I would assume it's Bombay, it could be Calcutta, I don't remember, and he goes around looking because he sees a hill out the window, it got me a little confused. So he's, he's wandering around the village, around a block of flats, trying to get a glass of water, 
and nobody wants to look after him or take him in till his child takes him and shows him some sympathy. And this mythology, of course, of the new dawn here and the song to Krishna, the innocent man, while the woman bears again the security of tradition, beauty and exoticism in the song. And of course, the voice of freedom as well. Now just, is Mohan Krishna or is he, let's see. Outside the building, and here, of course, is Nargis singing a bhajan, the ideal woman. Now, I'm sorry, but the limits prevent me from showing you more of that because I want to take you up to Nargis's career defining moment here, Mother India. Again, I've said a film which takes the story of a peasant woman and her struggle as she goes from marriage to old age, seeking to hold her family together while facing issues of development, famine, flood to illiteracy. And this is the image we have of freedom, the woman yoked to the plough. I think this is perhaps a defining image from the film that we have. And at the opening sequences of the film, we have a budget to Mother Earth. The woman has become the earth. She is the land. The woman who can bring the village together. And of course, saved by the icons of modernity. to a song, um, the, the Days of Sorrow have Gone, which is perhaps the founding of Achi Din Ani Wale here. Sunday, I 
सावन के संग आए जवानी सावन के संग जाए And then lastly, my last image of Nargis, um, Nargis's speech, which gave support for the Gandhi Nehru dynasty um, when she was given her Rajya Sabha seat in 1980. She attacked Satyajit Ray in this maiden speech, saying his films were giving images of India that the West wanted, namely those of abject poverty, which were incorrect depictions. When pushed by a journalist to be asked how India should be shown on screen, she said she wanted images of modern India, suggesting these were represented by dams, as indeed they are in Mother India. And so when I come, so this can be my concluding remark. This is Nehru inaugurating a dam, huge public event, as you can see there. The temples of the new India, as he called them representing a different kind of freedom. So I think if we put together these images of Nargis, we can see a variety of particular images of freedom, which I think speak to you quite clearly from the film, and Nargis herself, a person who in many ways was free from restrictions, somebody who chose, somebody with agency, rather than what's often called empowerment, which I've never understood quite what that means, but somebody who is a controlled form of freedom here, perhaps. A person who can choose between West and East to embody a particular kind of vernacular cosmopolitanism, a feature of the city in which she lived at the time. She's very closely associated with the image of Bombay, and there's even a street named after her there today, and particularly of the Nehruvian period. Um, she, as I've mentioned, the family connection with the Nehru family. She also was a close friend of Indira Gandhi. And so we can see here, perhaps in this first decade of independence, a different idea of female stardom, so different from the images today we see in films of what constitutes women's freedom, women's stardom, as well as that of the country. Thank you.